It's the Cracker Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the visit of the Bulls for Connacht's first home game of the new URC season. On today's call, I've got Goa Bay rugby correspondent William Davis. Afternoon, Alan. And our South African correspondent and friend of the podcast, Morgan Peake. Hi, Alan. Thank you. Right, as we're doing things slightly differently this week, um, due to the fact we're recording this the day before our press conference when we normally record, we're just going to go straight into the South African view of what's happening in the in the URC. At the weekend, Morgan, the South African teams didn't do as well as they might have hoped. How how has it been viewed down there? Difficult to explain, but I had this, you know, this little um, bit of pleasure when I saw it was unfolding over the weekend with the South African teams underestimating European opponents. That was my view. Um, Albert van der Berg kind of did back it up a little bit earlier this morning saying maybe they were a little bit complacent going into the north because there's been that age-old debate about which is better, Southern Hemisphere or Northern Hemisphere rugby. And the consensus was that the two are a lot closer to each other than what a lot of South Africans and South African rugby supporters thought may be the case. Um, I hope it serves as a good wake-up call, and that is pretty much the the chat that has been going on around is that it was rude awakening, tough baptism on fire, and I think luckily for the South African franchises is that the Springboks lost to the All Blacks on Saturday, and I'll use the word lost rather than the All Blacks beating the Springboks because they did chuck that game away in the last 10 minutes, and that's what the debate has been about for the most of the, most of the day. Yeah, it's it's it strikes me, uh, Morgan, that you know the cheetahs and the kings. I always felt struggled to get uh, a lot of recognition in South Africa. You know, they were playing in this slightly alien competition, uh, and now that you've got maybe the four bigger franchises involved, do you? Do you think there'll be a better buy-in from the media and fans in South Africa for this, or is it going to be a hard sell? There's definitely a much better buy-in. Um, you know, a lot of my colleagues from across the country didn't give the Pro 14 any time, any day or time of the day. And they, you know, come, some people did use the word second tier and, you know, but when you listen to the guys like Rossi, Rossmus, Jockney, Norbert, they always kept emphasizing that these are test match rugby players. You know, these are the guys that you'd be playing against Lions Tour. These are the guys that will be coming to South Africa. And I think after this weekend, the South African rugby public has woken up to that. We, we've got to accept the fact that rugby has become so professional and it's so global that the rugby in Ireland is just as good as rugby in South Africa. The rugby in South Africa is just as good as rugby in England. Wales just as good as in New Zealand. And we've got to accept that fact and actually embrace it. And I think that's one step in actually, because it just seems like there's a big division in rugby at the moment. And, you know, changing rules every five seconds doesn't help to unify the sport. And, you know, if if we accept the fact that rugby has become, truly becoming a global sport that we want it to be, you know, and we can know if we go to Ireland for a test series, we can have one hell of a tough test series. And not just like in the old days when you knew Ireland's coming here, you know, there's two easy victories coming our way. I think I think one of the keys is, I mean, it's a heavily analysed game. And I suspect, you know, 
the Bulls who are coming to to Connacht now on on Friday night, they came up against uh, a very good Leinster side who sort of owned them from minute one, and I expect they'll be a bigger threat on Friday night here because they'll have a game under their belt. Um, but what did strike me watching a number of the South African teams was their fitness levels don't seem maybe what they need to be to play the sort of speed of rugby they're going to have to play up here. And I'm also wondering that when you take the Springboks out of these four sides, are they lacking a little bit of depth? Um, Because so many of the next tier of South African players are either in, in Europe or somewhere in Japan, they've already been taken out of the system in South Africa. Mm. Yeah, there's definitely a lack of depth. Um, we just get now with these four, the big four that have gone up north, um, they've been borrowing players left, right and centre. There's a whole host of Cheetahs players that have turned the Stormers, Ruan Pino at the Sharks, Kiel Mayer at the Sharks. There's a couple of guys linked to the Bulls. Um, you know, one of the new guys that's meant to be arriving at the Cheetahs in November was linked to the Lions. So, you know, it's, 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 it doesn't make a lot of sense kicking one team out of pro rugby and then you start loaning their players and saying, okay, but here's how we're going to do it. I loaned Ron Pinot and Tion May up until December, wait for our Springboks to get back from the end of year tour to Europe, and then you can have them back. But you can have the next generation who aren't getting game time, they can come play for you guys and you don't have to contract. So it's everything. I don't know. It's everything's like a catch twenty two situation. And 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 you still have the issue then with with players signing for Northern Hemisphere teams like the the Dwayne Vermeulen signing seemed to come out of nowhere. It was like wow, what a signing for Ulster! But holy, hang on a minute, he's going to play with the Bulls. They were you know going to be playing in the URC. I thought that was part of the problem that that playing in the URC was going to stop this this player drain, but it doesn't seem to have stopped it yet. Yeah, it actually, to me, it, it, uh, I'm getting the feeling that it's kind of encouraging the guys to go overseas. You look at the Shane Bolton that you guys contracted. I believe he's actually debuted for you guys. Mm-hmm. And I had high hopes of this kid yet, the free state. He was starting, he just broke into the free state squad, played an invitational game against the Cheetahs, scored a cracking try against him. And the next thing is like, no, I'm on my way to Galway. So, yeah. It's difficult. It's, it's it's very difficult and very frustrating. But then again, if the kid's good enough and he's got the talent and he's going to get used there, I'll, I'll be the first to say, listen, get on that plane and get out as soon as possible and go make your career there. You know, are, are the Bulls going to look at the fact that they played the best team in the competition last week and now they're going to play Connacht, that they, they, they'll feel that, you know, third time lucky. They lost in their first game against Benetton, but they probably underestimated them. They lost against the best team in the competition in Leinster last week, but it'll be third time lucky and they'll get a win this week. Is that is that the view down there? That is kind of what worries me. Um, just going through the post-match stuff with Jake White, he kept emphasising that Leinster are the best team. It's the Crusaders of the North. It's a team to beat. And I agree 100%. It is a team to beat, but... I suppose I did feel they are going to go up there and they're going to get, um, well, they're not going to taste a victory, but I didn't expect them to get hammered. Mm. And it's probably the way in which they lost to Leinster, which is a little bit w- more worrying. Yes, the Bulls didn't have Springboks there. Um, they can't use Dwayne Vermeulen as an excuse because he's officially signed by Ulster. Um, 
But I, I, I think that William touched on fitness now, so maybe the fitness is not where it was. I remember the Bulls this weekend was the first time, apart from the guys that played international rugby, that they've played opponents from outside South Africa, barring a game between the Bulls and Benetton. Benetton game, I promise you, they underestimated Italian rugby. I think they were a little bit undercooked for this game against Leinster as well, but I think they would have learned. But it's just that there's a rhetoric going on that Leinster's the best, and if you beat Leinster, you win a competition. And I think if you want to take that attitude, you're going to make a hell of a big mistake. Um, Connick in Galway is not an easy team. Ask any teachers, but it's not an easy team. Um, I'm not going to mention who they were, but there was a coach and a captain of one of the franchises. When I asked him about adapting to the referees overseas, they laughed at me in a press conference. So the guys must forget about playing in the South, start respecting the opponents up North. They want to compete against the likes of Toulon and Toulouse and these kind of teams. But you have to start respecting your opponents. How, how successful does this have to be in the first season? Is this is the URC being sold in South Africa, or is it sort of? You know, I asked you previously, is it a hard sell? Is it a hard sell? Do you think? I don't think it is at all. Uh, it's because remember in South Africa since March last year, or let's say since August last year when we started playing, we've only had derbies, left, right, and centre. That's all we've had. It it has been. Easy to sell, I think, and Supersport has really come on board. And I don't know if you guys remember that I, during the Pro Fortune, I still said, you know, it's a bit disappointing not to see um, talk shows about these games or, you know, little chat panels leading into the game halftime and afterwards, but this is happening now, which is a good thing. So, you know, they've made it easy for everybody to kind of understand what's going on and they're sort of selling a product to the supporters. But the big thing that needs to happen in South Africa is we need to start getting our stadiums open. Uh, we don't have that yet. So we need to start getting the fans in, but it's also up to the fans to start doing a responsible thing and stop thinking about themselves and start thinking about people around them as well. Um, so the minute it opens, it's going to become, I think it's going to be insane once you've got Loftus Fairsouts to Capacity or Ellis Park or Kings Park for that matter, and you've got the Sharks playing against Munster in Durban or Joburg and the Bulls hosting Connacht or whoever at Loftus Fairsalt, I think that the tourists are really going to experience what South African rugby is like to a level that none of these guys have experienced since 2009 when the British and Irish Lions previously played in South Africa. So I, I do feel that when sports starts opening up, because we've been starved of it for so long, I think we're still going to start getting more bums and seats. But I think people are going to be so starved of sport that at least for the first month or so, I, I hope, we'll start seeing an upward curve. And I think we're going to see good, really good crowds when sport opens. Hopefully January. Touch wood. That's great to finish on a positive note. Morgan, we'll be back in touch with you again soon. We let a few of these games go by, but we'll be looking maybe at the end of the five rounds of matches. So we'll get your view when, when everybody's played five games. But thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll talk again very soon. 
You're listening to the Midweek Podcast on Craggy Rugby and from October this is going to be an exclusive show for those on patreon.com forward slash craggy rugby who are signed up to our club membership. Find out more by logging on to patreon.com forward slash craggy rugby to how to get involved and make sure that you don't miss a show. But uh, in the meantime, stay listening. Okay, that's great stuff there from Morgan and as William said, we'll we'll get to chat to Morgan later in the season um, when we get our first break in the URC season in November. Okay, so William, who was at the press conference and um, what did they have to say? Uh, yeah, let's have a listen. Uh, the player was uh, Tom Daly and the coach was Pete Wilkins, who's now the attack coach and is also described as the senior coach. Coming into this week now, playing against the South African, a big side, I suppose, even more so, we'll be focusing on that fast rugby, try to move that pack around. And um, we saw against Leinster, I know the scoreline scoreline was a bit one-sided in the end, but they did cause Leinster some trouble. And um, they're definitely big physical men, and their back row in particular will, will, will cause trouble. So I think um, this is like the perfect game for us to show, hopefully, that new game plan and and play, play a fast brand of rugby. And play on top of them and just play at a quicker pace than hopefully they're ever used to so that's probably the plan going into this week you'll have a load of very noisy spectators behind you which should be it's the first competitive game with with a decent number of people in there that uh, that might be a bit of a help oh definitely yeah really looking forward to that even playing last week I know we were away to Cardiff and they had they had a bigger crowd than I've ever played in front of over in the Arms Park um and you can just see what sort of effect it has on the game, and and I don't know some decisions, and they get behind when they when they do something well, and the crowd gets behind them. It's definitely a lift. So we're looking forward to having a few thousand Connacht fans back in the stadium this weekend, and it'll definitely give us give us the lift that that we need. So um, no, really looking forward to that, and um, should be good to get as many as we can in the sports ground, yeah. And help the referee make the right decision, which is the Cardiff fans were were, were pretty volatile. Finally, yeah. just to look at the Bulls, I know I know they're big, uh, and you can focus on that completely. But you'll you'll have looked at them; they must have some slightly different skill sets to that as well. I mean, they're, they're oh, pretty decent yeah. side when they're flying. Oh, definitely, yeah. You just look. Uh, obviously, we know all about Marcel Cotia from his time at Ulster and. Especially Goosen at ten, he looked very dangerous on the weekend against Leinster, and then even looking back to the Curry Cup, his kicking game is really strong. He'll kick the ball a mile. So then again, discipline has to be on point because any penalties within within fifty or sixty meters, he's going to have a go at them, and there's always going to be a wind at the sports ground. So if that's behind his back, he'll, he, I'm sure he'll fancy himself from from distance. So um, yeah, no, their their back three as well, really dangerous. Springboks litter throughout the team. So. Um, yeah, listen, of course, they're big men and they're strong, but they're well able to play rugby and well able to offload and play a wide, wide game. So, um, you know, they have threats all over the park and and um, I don't want to stereotype them into saying they're just big, big, massive ball carriers of mall and scrum, but they, they, yeah, they're well able to play rugby as well with some really good halfbacks directing the place. So it's definitely a formidable challenge, but one we're looking forward to here. Interesting night in Cardiff. Um how high were the frustration levels for you after that? Um, look, mixed. I mean, very frustrated in the sense that we felt it was a game that we could and, and should win. Um, we'd framed the whole week around the fact that we knew it was going to be a close encounter, probably a one-score game. Uh, we needed to be within one score with 10 minutes to go. Equally, we felt that if they were within one score of us with 10 minutes to go, they'd keep coming. So there's a really clear understanding from 
from players and staff that that was the the challenge that was ahead and we we tried to embrace that from Monday onwards and framed a lot of our messaging and training around that so part of the frustration I suppose for us is that we felt we did a, a pretty good job over uh, over the course of the game um, pretty much up to that 67th 68th minute and we did a pretty good job of staying in the fight the, the game wasn't without error um, there are obviously improvements within those first 68 minutes uh, but we felt like we got ourselves into that position where you know for the lack of possession that we had in relation to them we were still within one score and um, you know we were 15 against 14 then 14 against 14 it, it was very much a fight that we were still in so the frustration comes not so much from our, I suppose, our application in terms of getting into that encounter, but but our ability to stay in it in that last 12 minutes. That was where we felt, obviously, there was a big turning point when you go from losing that five-metre line out to, to to Jack's unfortunate red card with that breakdown, then into um, into the quick throw and the counter-attack and, and Matt Hansen's yellow. So just that trail of back-to-back -back negatives, um, you know, did for us in terms of our ability to stay in the fight. So the frustration's around that rather than around attitude or, or, or effort um, and there was certainly some good good play within that in attack and defence as well so yeah it's, it's a mixed feeling frustration but but enough good to I suppose energise us for this week and, and the new challenge ahead Yeah talk to me what are you expecting from the Bulls I mean the common line is they're a big side but they must bring a bit more than that but they were comprehensively beaten by Leinster uh, so they might be really smarting from that. I think they'll certainly be smarting from it. I mean, the the team, the Bulls team that we saw in the Curry Cup, we obviously watched a, a large amount of content from that to have a good look at them. And um, you know, I, I thought the performance they put in against Leinster was was higher energy, and and it was and it was highly skilled in parts. Uh, they've got some very good players. They've got some established internationals. Others obviously that are away, but but certainly enough quality there that that they're a real threat. Um, it, it's easy to frame them as a momentum team. They want to put you on the back foot at the set piece, whether that's through scrum or maul, uh, whether it's on the second phase of bringing big runners around the corner or big runners back against the grain. There's an enormous physical threat there. Um, but I also think it's too simple just to say they're purely a momentum team. And if, if you front up physically, you get the job done. So I think there is a bit of nuance there in terms of how we need to play an attack and defence to respect the threats they've got. Um, obviously, their kicking game, as well as that set piece we mentioned, is is a really key access point for them to get in the game. Something we'll have to be um, be pretty clinical with in terms of dealing with that, the contestable kicks, as well as the long ones. Um, so, with the physical threat, the kicking threat, then you know they've certainly got some talent in that back line if they do get themselves on the front foot. So, there's a balance in there of making sure we front up to, to stop them getting on that front foot, stop them getting that momentum roll on. Uh, but at the same time, making sure that we're aware we need to do a bit more than that. It's not just simply, as I said, fronting up physically and thinking that's that's the job taken care of. And of course, you can get the full audio of the press conference on patreon.com slash craggy rugby. Um, remember to join our new tiering system where we've got our club members and executive club members. Have a look at patreon.com slash craggy rugby for more details on that. So they were pretty disappointed, still disappointed at, at losing out on that game, William. Um, and it's not surprising because they seem to have the game more or less by the scruff of the neck and let it go. Yeah, look, it's something Connacht have struggled with for a couple of seasons where they get into these situations. They talked about the fact that it would be a one-score game before the game. 
And it was. And in the 67th minute, they were five points down. It was a one-score game. They were Cardiff were down to 14. Connacht had a five-metre line-out. And they got it wrong. And the game after that became a disjointed mess. They had two players carded very quickly. And it got away from them. Their discipline went. They lost their shape. And Cardiff cruised out to a comfortable win. Yeah, and, and, and looking at one of the one of the stats that sort of threw me before the game, and I, I think it, it had an impact in the game, is that their pack was something like 57 to 58 kilos heavier. And importantly, their back row were 34 kilos. So each of our back row were given about 10 kilos a man heavier. And that, that lack of a ball carrier, they were able to get over the gain line that much easier. And that obviously wore us down as the game went on. It's something that's going to have to be rectified at the weekend. Yeah, I think so. I think um, Leva Fafita is, is back from his hand injury and his training fully. Suggestion is he uh, he will he will play a part. I don't know whether he'll start. Um, Abraham Papalihi as well. I thought it was very obvious on, on Friday night that Connor couldn't make easy yards. Cardiff didn't make easy yards either, but they made their yards easier. And... Connacht were having to play a very, very almost high-risk strategy at times to get the ball moving. Um, and I'm not sure that the skill set is fully there yet for that. And that's why it broke down. And it was very much a, a beginning-of-season game. But at the end of the season, if you're a few points off where you need to be, you will look back at that game. You'll probably look back at other games, but that one will stand out. And the fact that Dai Young, after the game, basically said uh, he felt the Cardiff were in real trouble. Nick Williams, who was commentator for BBC Wales behind me, said exactly the same thing. Yeah, he felt yeah. that Con- Connacht had, had taken control of the game. But it's gone now. They've got to move on. But it's one game. There's 17 games left. That's what it boils down to. There's less games this season. That's why I think, you know, if it was a 20... I know last season was stopped at 16, but if it was a 21-game season... 18 game season and you've lost your first game so therefore now you've 17 games left and that's the only way you can look at it and the Bulls are going to be an interesting threat on Friday night They certainly are and let's hope Tom Farrell who only had 9 touches in the whole game our most penetrative back I suppose from the point of view he he gets people out of trouble more often than that we just didn't seem to give him enough ball, let's hope he gets um, more ball And, and he's only just back from injury and talking of injuries What's the injury update this week? Is it hopefully a lot better than last week's? <laughs> okay. Caelan Blade, who had an Achilles problem, and Leva Fafita with a finger injury have both returned to team training this week. Uh, and it's suggested that they are available for selection. Colin Riley with an ankle injury will be out of action until early November, which is effectively for URC the end of November. But of course, there might be some games during the four-week lull that's there at uh, Eagles level. Bundiaki neck, Sam Elo foot, Sean Masterson Achilles, Peter Robb back and Alex Wooten calf are all nearing a return to training over the next two to three weeks, which suggests they might be available for selection towards the end of this run of games. The two long-term injuries, Dennis Buckley-Knee and Gavin Thornby's shoulder are continuing their rehabilitation which I'm sure is a very tough slog for them, but they're both hard at it. Uh, but you're looking probably towards or after Christmas before there's any more concrete developments on those. And of course, this, it wasn't just a Connacht game that was a 
disappointing result at the weekend, seeing the women lose to a last the last kick of the game against Scotland, which knocks them out of even the repressage for the next World Cup. Um, was a massive disappointment, a massive blow to women's rugby. Um, I think it's been pretty well covered right across the media in all sorts of places, so we won't dwell on it here. Um, but we will we will talk about this at some point in the future, and hopefully we get Ali Miller back on to talk about what's happened with women's rugby and what needs to be done to improve it so that we don't have a situation where Ireland have not qualified for a World Cup um, because it's so important for the women's game Um, as I say we'll talk about that at a later stage looking ahead to the Bulls these are a brand new team for Connacht um, coming from the Southern Hemisphere they had a bit of a a bit of a defeat there at the weekend following on from their defeat at the end of last season Um, I'm not sure they're going to be they're going to take us as lightly as we might have hoped and did a better performance at the weekend, but I think they're going to cause us a lot of trouble. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think potentially, um, look, they, they must be smarting after that performance. But, you know, um, Morgan has just said to us there, the, it's the fact that losing to Leinster, they're saying, well, Leinster are the best team in Europe, which is not really 100% true. They're a very good side, but there are sides in England and, and France that are equally as good. Um, but I think they'll have to up their game. They did look a bit ponderous. They didn't look very. F- they didn't look fit at the end of the game. Similarly, what happened to them against Benetton in the Rainbow Cup? The Connacht have got to be really on their game here. They've got to get this right. They cannot. If you go zero and two out of your first five games, you are you're you're starting on the you're on the back foot then, and you're chasing. Um, and whenever we think about the way these fixtures are laid out or the structure of the season. It, every game now has a price on its head in terms of, of winning. Um, I think Connacht will try to play the fast tempo game to move them around a bit. They're a big pack, but they're a bit more than that. But realistically, Leinster were comfortable winners and did show that they are the best team in the URC. There's no question about that. They are that. They have the players, they have the squad depth, uh, and Connacht just have to get their game away on Friday night. And let's listen to what uh, Arlo Bota, ex-Ulster uh, and uh, Ulster player who's now with the Bulls, had to say. Yeah, they say, uh, they say it's, it's like Kimberley, but totally different. So <laughs> it's, it's going to be, it's gonna be obviously, they're going to be up for it. It's going to be a tough game, you know. It's not going to be dry and, 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 and hot. It's going to be cold and wet, you know. So that's, that's, and that's what they can bring also. They do bring a physical battle. And, and one thing about them, they, they never stop. So that's the, that's the other thing, and that's one thing I experienced with them. I've played with uh, three of the guys, that played, played with three of the guys that are going to play in a Connacht team, um, and their whole mindset is just they're not going to stop. doesn't matter what, they're going to go, they're going to go, they're going to go. And, and I mean, they beat Munster there, so that's also uh, something that we need to, that we need to uh, know, and I think we do, and, and do our prep on that. So it's definitely a, uh, it's going to be a nice uh, physical battle, you know, um, and, uh, and an interesting battle for. It's going to be totally different than than uh, than Saturday because I think it's going to rain, and it's going to be a wet game. So it's it's something that we're going to experience. But this time I think we're just going to just need to be a bit more clinical whatever we do and when we do it in the game. Yeah, because this this Bulls team is effectively their Curry Cup winning side, and the only change from the team that won the Curry Cup. Um, was Bismarck Duplessis who's joined them at this stage um, because Dwayne Verbulen who's leaving as we, we talked about wasn't there for their Curry Cup win so you're looking at this is this is effectively a Curry Cup side and it's really interesting to see how they're going to get on against 
what we would be deemed as the next step down from from Leinster because you know whether we like it or not Leinster have been running away with this competition for a number of years so it's going to be really fascinating but uh, yeah there's some there's some interesting players that, that we're going to come across and Arnold Boat is certainly one of them he knows he knows all about Connacht yeah he's he's, he's he's brought up the usual stuff there but he might be right on Friday it might be windy and rainy uh, there are players going to be around these teams. There's a lot of players from the Cheetahs who've played a lot of rugby uh, in in the Pro 14 that they have been spread out through the four teams. So they are going to come with some knowledge. Uh, Bismarck Duke the season it was the one he played here against South Africa when South Africa played Connacht in 2007 uh, and got himself um, into a little bit of bother. And was essentially, rather than being carded uh, either red or yellow, the referee suggested that maybe he could be substituted because it would have affected his World Cup. And that was, of course, the World Cup that South Africa went on to win. Uh, he was a much younger man then. He's an elder statesman now. But I and, think and, they And, of are... course, we, we have come across him when he played against us for um, Montpellier a couple of years ago too. I think it was my last away trip. At a, for for any Connacht game was that Montpellier game and and Bismarck was playing in that game so um, we we know we know a little bit about him. Yeah, we do, and um, I think this, this. I'm looking forward to this game, but I think it's going to be a tough one. And yeah. I think they are going. They, look, they don't want to lose three games on the trot. I know that the game was in the Rainbow Cup was in June. But the, the media in South Africa will be starting to climb into them a little bit if they lose to a side that they feel are, as you say, a step below Leinster. Um, Connacht need to be at it. And I hope and I'm concerned sometimes that the, this new version of Connacht don't appreciate how to use the conditions of the sports ground. It's the 16th man is the fans. There'll be 3,000 of them in there on Friday night. I hope they're making a racket. Because uh, the Cardiff fans certainly made a racket on on the last Friday, but the seventeenth man at the sports ground is often the weather. Uh, but we sometimes you feel currently I feel we mm-hmm. don't use it. We don't actually put it into play. If there's a gale blowing or there's a wind blowing, put the ball up, test them a bit, make them realise that this is not like playing on a a nice soft. Uh, artificial surface where that where you don't have to deal with that and 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 just the just the general conditions. I'd like to see them used a bit more. Um, if I was if you're asking me to call it, I mm-hmm. I think I think Connacht will win, but I think it'll be very very difficult. And I think they'll win because they're just that maybe that little bit more cohesive than this side. Um, but. It's... Yeah, plus the fact that I don't think the Bulls will ever played in anything quite like the sports ground. Like Arno Bota and Marcel Costilla would have seen it and have been here before and know what it's like, but it's still not the same <laughs> coming to the sports ground. And it looks at the moment, the forecast is for wet and windy weather. Um, so it's going to be a traditional sports ground welcome for for these guys. And coming from the high veld, which I believe there in Pretoria is on the high veld, it isn't it? It is very much in the high veld. I'll tell you, uh, I've been there in, I was there in midwinter for the Lions test in 2009. Uh, it would have passed for a summer's day here. Uh, cold at night, clear blue skies. Uh, damn all oxygen if you run up a couple of flights of stairs I'm not the fittest person in the world but it's a bit of a shock to your system when you do that <laughs> um, This, but I just expect them to be better having played Leinster I, I, I think they, they they will be digging in and yeah. they're a bit of a wounded 
bull, no, um, that could be quite dangerous. It certainly could. It certainly could. Okay. I think we've covered all the angles there for today. And thanks again to Morgan for joining us. And um, we'll be here during the week, what, Thursday? Because it's a Friday game. We'll be chatting to the coach on Thursday. So we'll have our next outing on Thursday. And don't forget to sign up on Patreon because this is the last midweek podcast that will be given out free from now on. You'll have to go to patreon.com slash craggyrugby and join our club. So hopefully you'll do that. Now here's William with the results from last weekend and the fixtures for the coming weekend in the United Rugby Championship. Friday the 24th of September, Zebra 26, Lions 38, Cardiff Rugby 33, Connacht 21, Ulster 35, Glasgow 29. On Saturday the 25th of September, Benetton 22, Stormers 18, Edinburgh 26, Scarlets 22, Leinster 31, Bulls 3, Munster 42, Sharks 17. And Sunday the 26th of September, Dragons 23, Ospreys 27. It's the first round, so we won't bother with tables yet. Let's look ahead now to the fixtures for round two. On Friday the 1st of October, Connacht versus the Bulls. That's a 7.35pm kickoff Irish time. And the Scarlets play the Lions at the same time. On Saturday, the 2nd of October, Benetton versus Edinburgh at 1 pm, Glasgow versus the Sharks at 3 pm, Zebra versus Ulster at 5.15 pm, Irish time, and Munster versus the Stormers and Ospreys versus Cardiff. They both kick off at 7.35 pm. And on Sunday, the 3rd of October, Dragons versus Leinster with a 2 p.m. kickoff. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Side.